Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hapner with my co-host, Timothy Cunio and guest host, Alyssa Otis. Now, if you guys remember, Alyssa joined the marketing team. So she joined the dark side. Ooh, she was yep, yep. a guide dog mobility instructor now joined us. So she's going to be, you know, filling in when Leslie can't be here or I can't be here. Um, I'm so. super excited. I love this podcast. Been listening since it started and never thought I'd be guest host. <laughs> so I feel honored. Yes. Well, and your knowledge that you bring is so different. Sure. So yeah. it's great to have that as well. That's nice to have you here with us. And because, I mean, we all have busy lives sometimes and things pop up. And so it's nice to have some backup. That's yes. it. Anytime right. anybody needs me, I'm here. Yes. And I know we were just chatting about the weather because um, Timothy said it's raining in 60. And I'm we're oh, over here how, in Michigan. Like How sad. It's 20 and snowing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take rain in 60. Yeah. It sounds like summer to me, honestly. Right? So... We're about to come down to Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can come on down anytime you can. I've got a trailer you all can live in for like a week. <laughs> I love it. Living out of Timothy's trailer. Hey, man. I'm all about that life. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. I probably would last a day. Oh, no. I could do it forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I grew up camping. TV, air conditioning, oh. bathroom. Okay. There we go. I guess that works. TVs actually. Three TVs. More actually. TVs than my house. Gotcha. So, there you Beautiful. go. So I mean, it's, it's okay. Set so it's up. a big trailer. <laughs> it got microwave in it. You can pop some popcorn. If it's got a microwave, stove. that's all I yeah. need. Oh, there we go. I like uh, lit, went on vacation in northern Michigan in a tiny home, and that was really oh, fun. Oh, I love tiny houses. Yeah, I could have lived there for a while. Yeah, I think that you accumulate more stuff than you think you will, and yeah. then you probably fill it up pretty quick. Oh, I yeah. I, I never thought I'd fill my house. house. Right? Well, I'm, because I was in TV for so long and I was moving every one to two years, I really don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, so that's I'm, what I thought. I'm in this, like, um, ever, like, I am... I'm always cleaning out every season I clean out. Oh. And so it's just like a constant. Because I had to. I was like, either I'm always moving way too many things or I get in the habit of constantly cleaning out. Yeah. I used to do that. And then once I bought a house, I just said, oh, I have a basement. I can yeah. fill it with stuff. Who doesn't need two washing <laughs> machines in their basement <laughs> just ready to go? I know. That's what I'm nervous about because I'm like, you know, starting to look at house hunting and doing yeah. that sort of stuff. So I'm like, do not let yourself accumulate more than you need. That's what you say. And then you have a table and then another better table comes along. <laughs> so your first one goes in the basement. <laughs> On that note, does anybody need a table? Are you selling a table? Selling a table. There we go. Or have a, have a big garage sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Collective crap. That's exactly yeah. it. I do love a good garage sale. See, I can't stand like having too many things or like yeah. clutter and that sort of stuff. So for me, like... The less, like that's I'm, why it goes in the basement. Well, see, I'm always like, well, I could give this away, and it could yeah. go to someone who needs it. So that's it. When my husband moved in, he has much nicer kitchen stuff than I do, and uh, I just put all of my stuff in one box and said, "Somebody come and get it. It's on the porch." Yeah, just out of my house. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into um, you know today's episode. We're doing a little bit of a shorter episode with Alyssa here because um, we're going to take some time to talk about a much requested topic, and Alyssa has a lot of knowledge on this one: ADA rights and advocacy. So we get a lot of questions about rights 
that guide dogs have and what they don't have. So what a better day to talk about this when we both have Alyssa and Timothy because Alyssa can share her knowledge and Timothy can share his experience. And I can just ask the questions because I can't (laughs) tell you anything. (laughs) Going to be completely honest on that. But, you know, something I didn't know, to be completely honest, before I started at Leave Your Dog, I didn't really know what the difference was between like a service dog, a guide dog, an emotional support animal. So I think we should maybe start there. Sure. Um, seeing, you know, what is that difference? Because we hear about it all the time. You hear about it in the news and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like no emotional support animals, yes to service dogs. Like what is the difference there? Yeah, there. it's a, a difference that not a lot of people know. So a service dog is a dog that's been trained to do something for its handler, to do a task. A guide dog falls under a service dog category. It's kind of a subset um, because what you'll hear often is people will say, well, service dogs wear vests, guide dogs wear harnesses, still both service dogs. They both are covered under the ADA. uh, But when it comes to therapy dogs and emotional support dogs, they have a little bit different access rights in that they're not trained to do a task for their handler. They may be the emotional support, they may be able to calm people down, but that doesn't give them access into public places. Okay. Now, a therapy dog is a dog that is used amongst a group of people. So a dog can be invited into a hospital or into a senior center. Those types of dogs, therapy dogs, can go and do that, but they can't necessarily go into your grocery store, your your IKEA. Okay. So big, not big difference there. They're working not, to serve you in those areas. Correct. Okay. You wouldn't necessarily need them to perform a task for you in those areas, nor could they. I think you explained it very well yeah. um, in that aspect because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, like I've heard about, you know, therapy dog, emotional support. Can mm-hmm. they come with me wherever they go? And right. they can't. They can't. And it also depends on living situations. There's certain places that say pets aren't allowed. And if a pet's not allowed, a service dog is still allowed. Emotional support animal would also be allowed in most uh, situations. So that's also something for people to look into and be aware of is that even though a place may say no pets, there still may be some other animals categorized Mm -hmm. slightly differently there. So do service dogs have papers then? That's a great question. Um, Service dogs don't necessarily have papers. There's no registry that they need to be a part of. Leader Dog does give out an identification card that has the ADA laws on the back of it. And then on the front has a photo of the working team, so the handler and their dog, as well as their name saying that they went through training. However, they don't technically have to have that in order to get access rights. It's just something extra that we say here. Sometimes this stops people's questions. But I'm sure Timothy can can chime in that he's had some experience at some point with somebody telling you uh, one way or another with your dog. I've had experiences mainly in restaurants, sure. of course. And uh, when you go in, they ask, is that a service animal? And I say yes. And that's about as far as it goes. Now, if Good. somebody has asked before, what task does it do? And I say, I'm legally blind. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They cannot ask any more questions than that normally. Now, yeah. you can have... I've never ran into it, but I've heard horror stories, and it can happen. And that's when you need to know your rights of being a service dog or a guide dog uh, owner. 
Yeah, because I guess you can't assume that everybody knows those rights. And that's it. Not everybody knows the rights and not everybody knows the questions like Timothy was saying. You can ask or be asked two questions when you go somewhere. Is that a service animal? And what tasks has it been taught to do for you? Or what tasks do you have it do for you? So in Timothy's case, he said, yes, and I'm legally blind. It's my guide dog. At that point, they can't ask you anything else. Okay, so like if they start to ask you more, you can say... that's, that's, it is a service dog, yeah. and this is the job that it provides for me. That is interesting to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that people could only ask two questions. Now, we have a lot of, you know, puppy raisers who have those dogs in training. So, obviously, they're not service dogs yet. What Are yeah. they covered under the ADA? or is So, that in suffering? every state, um, it differs. Yeah. It differs. However, with puppy raisers, at least here in Michigan... Most of the time they go in, there's not much of an issue. If a store or somebody says something to them, they explain the situation. We also give out little cards uh, that they can give to people that kind of say what they're doing there. But legally, no. If somebody wants to ask them to leave, they can. Um, However, now in Michigan for instructors, for example, we didn't have rights for a while. And just recently we got the rights. So instructors with dogs in formal training are legally allowed into places now. Okay. So that goes on a state-by-state basis. Yeah. Yeah. So you really have to know the laws where you live or where you're traveling to. So taking that extra step to look into that if you are, you know, a puppy raiser or a guide dog mobility instructor as well. And a lot of the times too, it's, it's just explaining. You know, a lot of the times people don't understand what you're doing there with the dog, but if your dog is there and under control and you can explain, you know, what you're doing as a, as an instructor anyways, most of the time there's not an issue. Yeah. And, you know, Timothy kind of touched on this a little bit, um, you know, but you can bring a service animal into a restaurant and that sort of places um, and around food. Cause I know there's some places that are like no dogs allowed because it's, but there is that um, rule for service animals that they're allowed where their humans are allowed. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty much correct. Now, they can't tell you specifically where to sit in a restaurant. You know, they can't say, oh, the patio is dog-friendly. It doesn't really matter if the patio is dog-friendly. This is my service animal. The whole restaurant is now dog-friendly. But there are also certain places that you can technically take your dog legally, but that you might not want to. Yeah. And so those are other things to think. It's just because I can, should I? That is (laughs) true. Uh, And I'm sure, Timothy, you've got a few places that you've thought maybe not the best place. Not a sporting event Uh or a concert. (laughs) Loud noises, fireworks or anything like that. I would not take my dog. Sticky movie theater floors. Yeah, because at Uh, the end of the day, uh, it is still a dog. It is still a dog. So although you can, always think, should I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I can't imagine the stress the dog would go under in some situations or people I'm sure a sporting event if it's a really busy one oh yeah people stepping over the dog or trying to feed the dog I'm sure I don't know Timothy if you've ever experienced that um you know just going anywhere that's maybe a little has a little more people than normal yeah I mean you want to you want to enjoy your time too and you yep. want the dog to enjoy. So sometimes it'd be better to leave the dog at home. So if you want to enjoy it and let your dog be relaxed, you know, just think about what the venue is going to be. And that's what I do. I always pre-plan. Yeah. Well, and that's why it is so important to have those orientation and mobility, those white cane skills as well. Because, Timothy, you've talked about it before that you sometimes just have your cane with you. Yeah. But like when we travel, sometimes, like if I go on a cruise that 
uh, glacier can't go on, I, I'd use my cane for that entire week. Or if I got to go to a sporting event or, or a concert, I, that's what we do. And so it's, you just got to keep your skills up as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And Timothy, you've talked about, you know, you go on a lot of cruises. Sometimes you can take her, sometimes you don't. But what about hotels? Um, are they, you know, is there rooms that do you have to call, I guess, beforehand and say, I'm bringing my service animal? Do they give you a specific room? Do they give you certain accommodations? I guess, how does that all work? Well, if I schedule a uh, room, uh, I always tell them I have a service animal that's going to be with me. And, I mean, it, it's a per, it's personal what to do or what not to do. I like to let them know prehand that I'm coming. And uh, I've never been moved into a room just specifically because I have a guide dog. Yeah, exactly. I might ask for one that's closer to the elevator so easy access when it's time to go outside to do their business and stuff like that. I might ask for stuff. But I've never been moved into a room because of the dog. Well, and that's something to think about, too, It's you know, Timothy, you just said you ask and you tell. So, you know, do you, do you want to take those extra steps to do mm-hmm. what Timothy does? Because, you know, obviously it's easier for you, Timothy, to be near the elevator because you, you have to take that dog out. You know, the dog doesn't use the bathroom like you do in the hotel <laughs> That'd be room. nice. That'd be nice, though. Yeah. She's trained, but not that well Yeah, trained. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that is so interesting, too. Um and, you know, I guess, what do you do? Because, Timothy, you said you've been asked questions before, but what do you do if someone tries to turn you away? I guess that is a sticky situation because you want to advocate for yourself and you want to educate. Mm-hmm. But if someone's trying to turn you away, I know, you know, it could become a problem. So what are the best steps to take in that situation? First, be calm. Don't blow up like a balloon because... Like I always say, you can get uh, flies with sweet stuff instead of vinegar. Yes, yes. So, because you're adv- you got to advocate for yourself, so don't act deranged or crazy, and explain to them that there is a law that uh, federal law, federal mm-hmm. law supersedes state law, and you must remind them of the fact, and then ask for a manager, and you work your way up. But be calm. That's the first thing to do. Is be calm. Absolutely. I think the more you can educate people, because I think a lot of the times it's that people don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. they see a dog trying to come into a restaurant and they're like, oh gosh, can't have a dog around food or whatnot. But if you do just stop and explain, then not only are you helping yourself, but you might help the next person that comes in that has a service animal. Yeah, and I can't imagine, I mean, I'm sure it, get, it can be so frustrating because if this is, you know, a constant thing in your life and you're like, I just don't understand why people don't know. Yeah. Um, so, Timothy, I think that's great advice is to just take that step and calm yourself down because I'm sure, I mean, I know if I had to constantly advocate, it can be exhausting for anyone. Yeah. And then of course, you know, use your, your judgment. If that's a place that they take what you say and they say, oh, I'm really sorry. And they want you there. Or if on the other side of things, they're still quite rude about it. Perhaps you go elsewhere. I mean, the choice is definitely yours, but I would always say try and advocate for yourself for sure. Yeah. And definitely, um, That is really good to know. I guess, what is, Alyssa, any advice um, that you could give to maybe someone who maybe works in one of those establishments, you know, if they come across a service dog? Sure. So there are, like I said, the two questions that you can get asked if you have a service dog. And also there are reasons that you can get 
ask to leave, even if you have a legitimate service dog. So if somebody works at the establishment that you're at and they notice that your dog is being too vocal and barking and jumping up on chairs or smells really bad or has a bunch of stuff stuck in its fur, they can ask you to leave. So part of what your job is as a handler is to make sure that your dog is under control and make sure that your dog is well-behaved so that the people in the establishment don't have to ask you to leave. Because most of the time they don't want to. They just need to understand, oh, it's a service dog. And as long as the dog's being well-behaved, to just kind of let it be. Yeah. Dog's doing great. Everyone, nobody's hurt in the situation. So as a, a person that works somewhere, just being open, understanding, but also knowing that you do have rights too. Yeah. And I know, Timothy, when you came up here to visit, um, we went out to lunch and dinner and um, I didn't even know that Glacier was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, the way it's supposed so, to be. Isn't yeah. that the best compliment, Timothy, when you get yes, up and somebody is. goes, I didn't know there was a dog. Uh, yeah. It happens all the time. It's such a good feeling. Well, and that really shows the work you put in because you can't just get mm-hmm. a dog and then expect when you want to go out to just <laughs> it works it's yeah. always a practice thing um and to me that just shows I mean I remember like I even forgot like yes I walked in with you and, uh-huh. and I forgot she was there because <laughs> she literally puts herself she's you know a lab so she's a larger dog but like she puts herself like she were a small dog in a corner yeah. Like, oh yeah I mean you always gotta keep the dog groomed like Alyssa said yeah. I mean, there might be somebody there that may not want your dog in or don't give him any reason to kick you out. That's exactly. So uh, just groom that dog every day like you're supposed to. Keep its teeth brushed and 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 just don't give anybody an excuse. Yes. Well, this is all great stuff. Is there anything else that either of you guys want to share about this? Just realize that uh, you can take your dog on planes and stuff like that, but with the new law that went in effect a couple of years ago, it's more, a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Uh, I've flown very a lot with Glacier last year, and there are airlines that are a little bit different than another airline, so make sure when you do make that reservation, you follow through everything and uh, get your paperwork, and it, it, sometimes it's tough. Oh, yeah. And uh, just know which airline. Every airline has different rules. And so just make sure you got all your P's and Q's and your T's crossed. Absolutely. That's honestly great advice. Airlines are all different. And traveling in general, just make sure you've got all of your stuff in in order. Yeah. So pre-planning is a Mm -hmm. huge thing when traveling with a service animal. I'm traveling March, April, and May, and I'm already worried about it and already getting things lined up for Glacier to travel because we got to do some stuff. And uh, you got to pre-plan and don't do it the last minute. Yeah, I just off of that real quick, um, as one last question, Timothy, what is it like to have your service dog in an airport? Because that is a bit, it can be sometimes a busier place. It's, it's an experience because you're stressed because you, there's some dogs use the potties stations in them, some don't. (laughs) Yeah. Glacier did the last time I took her, which I was surprised, Mm -hmm. but before she would never do it. And so there's always that oh my gosh, is there, is there, are we going to have an accident here? And so you just try to get to the gate as quickly as possible <laughs> and calm the dog down, give her some treats and make, make it a happy event for her too. Yeah. And, and it, it's, it is a stressful for both of you. And it's always nice to get to the end of the airport when you're done with everything. So, yeah. And planning the feeding and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 I can write a book. <laughs> right. You should. Yeah. So plan, 
and really look up. Plan, look up, know your rights, advocate for yourself in all situations. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, it's we're talking about it as if it's a, a big issue all the time, but I'm sure Timothy will tell you it, it doesn't happen all the time that he's been turned away from places. And I do hear it from clients, but I don't hear it, you know, as a consistent, consistent issue. No. So as long as you know your rights and like Timothy said, be nice about it. Yeah. I mean, and these are great things to know for both sides, for right? People who have a service dog and people who are on that receiving end of, you know, working in a restaurant mm-hmm. or working in a store or whatever it may be. Well, Absolutely. Thank you both for all of this knowledge. I learned a ton. So um, I'm excited to take this and teach other people. Love it. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this shorter episode of the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Christina Hepner with host Timothy Cunio and guest host Alyssa Otis. And we hope you enjoy learning about guide dog access rights and advocacy. And please join us next week as we continue to dive into the world of blindness. And if you'd like to learn more about applying to LeaderDog for our services, you can head to leaderdog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at takingthelead at leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. And if you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream. This season of the Taking the Lead podcast is brought to you by a longtime supporter of LeaderDog the Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation. As you may know, generous donors like this one make it possible to achieve our mission. The Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation supports the study of mathematics and mathematics education. For more information about our generous sponsor, visit their website at www.dolcianihalloranfoundation.org.